All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes courtesy of The Nation Network. Here's your host, Brock Segan, with Dylan D. Berthium and Michael Biebs Bondi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 8, Episode 8 of the Daily Faceoff Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. To my right, we've got Dylan D. Berthium, and to my left, Michael Biebs Bondi. D, how's it going, bro? Going good, Brock. Happy to be here. Excited to have some actual hockey games to talk about. Yeah, can't wait to just overreact for the next hour. We're going to overreact for... 60 minutes straight, yeah, naturally, likely. as all of Twitter has been doing for the last day. Uh, but D, how great is it for us that we just get back-to-back games while Brock has to sit here and wait till Friday to get his first game in? Uh, it's almost like they're like, you know what? Good teams, you can have a couple first, and then uh, Ouch. we'll let the lower boys come in. Yeah, I'll let you know. If it was, if it ends up being back-to-back L's here, I might That's not a tough be start, uh, yeah. super excited about it. But yeah, no, it's 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 nice. It's I was happy after the way last night ended that I uh, didn't have to wait long to see them get back out there. So, Yeah, the Leafs, obviously. Uh, D's team, tough L to start the season in Montreal. I got to watch Colorado just more than double outshoot Chicago. and It, was, was, it was just a fun fest. I was, was actually laughing at that. Like, it seems like the Avalanche last night and the Penguins tonight. Penguins got the Coyotes on home ice. Avs had, were in Chicago. Like When the schedule comes out and they see that, they must be thrilled. Point night. It's like they're just like like it's just the perfect way to get the season started to like get your feet wet get back into it but like you don't have to worry too much like you're just gonna just gonna go out there dummy them I think it was work like, on the power play a little bit like the Penguins looked so crisp in the first period tonight and the, the Coyotes had no shot like they were just getting dusted yeah. well I think that's gonna be a common theme for Arizona this year yeah but, I saw somebody tweet out like in the first period like this is gonna be the first of a long string of losses for the Coyotes like oh man you mean in one period starting veg Melka as your your game one starter isn't a is no winning strategy maybe it's uh maybe it's like college football and this is some paid game scheduling kind of what it seems the, like the Yotes and uh Blackhawks a bunch of money just to play sacrificial lambs exactly eh? yeah. I think get it, the confidence going get you know get everyone on the same page might get be the, on something get the record rolling in the right direction yeah. I think it was Mark Moser he's the the um, on air guy for the abs he said he tweeted out he's like we're watching the Colorado Globetrotters tonight so just basically how tough that one was um, but yeah no it's uh, I think we're gonna see that a lot this year and and it's gonna make it nice for guys who uh for for us when we're suggesting pickups or you know dfs stacks and stuff like that um you know usually don't see this glaring of a of a top 
heavy, I guess, NHL. Um, at this point in the year, usually it takes about 20 games in. So, Well, when you've got Connor Bedard sitting there waiting to go number one, you're going to see some teams really tank it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be quite the battle. Arizona looks terrible. Everyone thought the Flyers were going to be in that battle, and then they're coming out beating the Devils right now, first night of the season. Arizona also losing my guy, Nick Schmaltz, tonight. Uh, we don't know how bad the injury is, but when you have one of two players who can actually get points, it's a little alarming. So Yeah, um, so one of your... Uh, one of my guys AD, is down. One of your ADP picks was Nick Schmaltz. He's hurt. One of D's ADP picks is Patrick Line. He's hurt. So Vincent Trocek, put that man in some bubble wrap. Get Kyle Connor in some bubble wrap. Shea Theodore, protect yourself. Rocks boys are drinking their milk. They're not getting hurt yet, but I mean, 81 more games. A lot of hockey left. So yeah, uh, obviously this first show, once the season starts, is always a little bit of just fun. More fun than anything. Kind of just... Talk and, talk and shop uh, because yeah. there's not really a whole lot of factual information to go off of after just, you know, most teams have only played one game. Some have played two by the time you've listened to this. Uh, but we're just going to talk about some things that have stood out a little bit in the first couple of days of the season, things that we think could be actionable moving forward. Um, give some, you know, our good vibes, bad vibes for, for a couple of players and what we expect from them moving forward. Now that we've, you know, you can sit all preseason and talk about what you think is going to happen, but now we've seen some things be put into action and it's a little bit easier to, uh, to kind of guess on what's going to happen moving forward. So we're going to go alphabetically through the teams that have played uh, thus far, talk about some of the notable fantasy uh, players that, that are still available in your leagues. We're not going to talk about David Pasternak who went off or Connor McDavid who went off because you drafted them earlier. They're already on your team. You're not going to trade them after one game. So we're going to talk about guys that you can still get on the waiver wire. So let's start in Anaheim. Troy Terry, one of Biebs' guys as well, got off to a very hot start to the season, not playing with Trevor Zegras, but he had two goals and one assist while playing 19 minutes. He also had uh, four shots on goal. One of the goals was the overtime winner. Um, game so winner. a game winner as well. Looks really good with Ryan Strom. Ryan Strom had a terrific uh, Ducks debut, scoring a goal with two assists as well. He played 18 minutes. Um, so he looked really good. And then Mason McTavish, the third member of that line, that whole line just really had a, a terrific uh, start to the season. Mason McTavish's rookie season gets started with two assists, three shots on goal. Only played 13 minutes, so not the heavy usage that we saw from, from Terry and Strom. But overall, it's been, it was a nice start for that line. Um, we'll get to the Kraken later in the in the show as well, but it was just like a way more exciting game than I think anybody would have ever oh, predicted electric. between uh, those two teams. I think, uh, what did the Kraken end up with? Like 47 shots on goal? 48. The, Gibson played lights out. Yeah, then the Ducks battled back and ended up winning it in overtime. So uh, an exciting start there for both of those teams. I'm just trying to pull up the numbers here for uh, the Ryan Strom terry line. They were really effective. I um, think one thing that we're seeing, which is big for them, is just that power play hitting uh, three power play goals last night. And then um, McTavish touching touching that power play for one of those is uh, is really great. And then I'll let you let you get back to where you're going with that, bro. Yeah, 74% expected goals for share in their first game of the season. So a nice start to the season. Only one game. Not going to overact too much, but a, a nice start. Anything to add on uh, on the Ducks hot start? No, I would imagine that line stays together because, like you said, that was the only line doing anything. Uh, the Zegers line, Grant line, Lundstrom line all got caved in at 5v5 against the Kraken. Um, so yeah, I, you know, both probably, uh, you know, doesn't look great for the ducks long-term this season. Um, yeah, it's but not, yeah. yeah, like I said, that looks like the one line that could potentially, uh, do some damage. They did have a Toronto spend a few minutes there as well. Um, which maybe dulls the Mason McTavish excitement just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be lots of moving pieces in that top six, I would imagine throughout the season, but, um, it looks like, you know, everybody was kind of saying like, oh, they moved Troy Terry off of Zegers's line. Is Zegers, or is Terry still going to be able to have success? And uh, so far, so good. Ryan Strom has been a pretty quality player in New York for a few years. I think a lot of people thought maybe it was a little bit more tied to Artemi Panarin, but a nice start nonetheless and, and encouraging for Terry owners and ter- Terry investors that if he can, you know, uh, put up points with Ryan Strom, he should be fine this year. Just to mention, Troy Terry still uh, only 77% owned, so... Uh, available in 23% of leagues. Ryan Strom just 17%, Mason McTavish 29%. So, yeah. And widely available the other two of them. I was going to say also quick shout out to John Gibson who's only 58% in Yahoo leagues. I wouldn't necessarily be jumping the gun at him as we mentioned, you know, 48 shots is uh that's not the greatest tell- telltale sign of good defense, but if he can lock this down and they become a winning team here, 
someone you could kind of steal off the wire. And if he's available in nearly 50% of leagues, you know, definitely worth a, worth a peek. Not many goals that can win on a 48-shot performance. So Next week, the Ducks have four games, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. Uh, so you'd imagine that Gibson could see three starts next week. They got the um, Rangers, Devils, Bruins, and then the Red Wings on Sunday. So a couple of decent matchups. If uh, if Gibson ends up getting the, the Devils and Red Wings, it might be something that you could consider there. Uh, the Boston Bruins got off to a terrific start as well, 1-5-2 in Washington. David Krejci comes back to the NHL and makes an immediate splash. What did he have, three assists? Uh, two. Goal and two. Goal and two assists, yeah. correct. Uh, so they were they were really good. Zaka Krejci, Pasternak had a strong outing. Um, you know, they actually lost the expected goals for battle, um, but they were able to produce at 5-5 also on the power play as well. Um, Krejci, yeah, I mean, I was I, we talked about him a lot kind of early in the preseason, um, and then we didn't talk about him quite as much towards the end. I just, I still think that this is a guy who has very limited goal scoring upside. He scored one goal on one shot yesterday. I don't think that there was ever any questions that he could come back and put up 50 assists. It's just a matter, especially if he's playing with Pasternak and if he ends up playing with Hall once Marshawn gets back, like he's for sure a guy that can put up some big helpers, uh, helper totals. But um, in terms of scoring goals, it's just not something that he's ever really done. And uh, like he's got a career high of 23 goals. He's scored 20 plus only four times in 16 years. So um, one shot on one goal or one goal on one shot is not all that surprising. Yeah, like you said, it's what we would have uh, expected as kind of the best case scenario for him. But I think as long as he's playing Pasternak, like it just depends on, on your format. But he's probably right on the roster bubble for me. If you could fit mm-hmm. him in um, and, you know, stream him on, on any given night, I, I think he's an excellent option right now. But yeah, just because of straight center eligibility and, and the lack of goal scoring upside, um, I'd have a hard time making, you know, a permanent spot for him on a lot of teams. But like I said, anytime you can find the room on your roster, uh, for him without actually giving up a legitimate long-term asset, uh, I think he's worth uh, shoehorning into your lineup. Yeah, he'll uh, he'll be one of the most picked-up guys off the wire this week. Um, I, I mean, he was today, so I think it's going to be a common theme. And I agree, he makes nice little nice little plug. And if you could get him in there, not often that you know you get a guy who realistically kind of performs just under a point per game his whole career, even his last season in 2020, 2021, 44 points in 51 games. That's uh, that's not bad production for someone who could get off the wire. Like you guys said, you know, you're not going to get a ton of goals, but if you're in a point battle, I'll take a little bit of Krejci. Yeah, only 20% owned at the moment um, and one of the highest uh, added players in the NHL recently. So um, the Carolina Hurricanes, another team that got off to a nice start against the Columbus Blue Jackets, 4-1 win. My guy, Seth Jarvis, scored a goal. He's 66% owned, looked really, really good. Playing on that top line, and uh, it's just it's just his spot to to lose at this point. I, I would imagine he's going to be playing there the entire season. He had four shots <laughs> in seventeen minutes, seventeen and a half minutes. I mean, there's not really that many battles for for that spot. Yeah, that's just an optimistic imagination, I think. But I, I, yeah, like I, I, like he's not he's not going to play on the fourth line. I don't think because no, like no. he's going to play on the first or second. I suppose. Well, but. yeah. I, you never know with that team because they do yeah. kind of have like three top lines. So. They do move things around, but yeah, I, yeah. I, he's he, be, he, he seems to be attached to, to Aho's hip, and I, I'd be a little surprised if he moves down that lineup. But yeah, four shots, 17 and a half minutes, uh, scored his first goal of the season. So that gives him 18 goals in 69 games. Definitely a guy that I like. So if he's available on your wire, 66% owned. Uh, but then Martin Etchas, the other... I just uh, want to say too, like that his shot volume was the one thing that was really lacking last year. So we're, we're talking about one game, but yeah, to see five shot attempts, four yeah. on goal. We take those. Yeah, absolutely. It was a really, uh, really nice. And it was the one reason that I wasn't super high on him. And just like, yeah, he's for sure going to break out if he gets mm-hmm. these minutes. But obviously he's at that age where he's getting better with every game he plays. So... Yeah, that's a really nice sign, and obviously the 17 and a half minutes as well. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The minutes is huge, right? Because he only played he played under 14 minutes a night last year. Right. Obviously saw a little bit of an increase towards the end of the season, but 17 and a half, if he can maintain that throughout the course of the season, that, that'll bode well for him. Uh, Martin Etchas, that second line, I talked about him on my DFS show, and... Uh, the sample size wasn't large, but Cockney, Emmy, and Neches had a lot of success together last year. Now you add uh, Evgeny Sveshnikov into the mix. It could be a line that has a little bit of success this year. Um, Neches went up to almost 18 minutes in this first game, played just over 16 a year ago. He had a goal and two assists, two, two shots on goal, four shot attempts. Um, but a nice start for Neches. Not probably somebody I'm 
sprinting to the waiver wire for, um, playing with Cockney and Svechnikov, but I think that's a line that's worth monitoring if they can get something going early. <laughs> I'm just reading his blurb on Yahoo, and it's like, that puts him on pace to reach the exact same or double McDavid's total from last year. It's like, okay, so if we're all, we're all reacting, uh, we're all overreacting. Why not do it on the site? Um, I think we're trying to manage the overreactions here on the DFO fantasy so. podcast. No, I'm just laughing that it's even coming from the little blurbs over in Yahoo. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think he makes a nice, uh, he's definitely more than 14% owned. I think people are owning, you know, I think there's third line players on worse teams who are, who are less than, or who are more than 14% owned. So Ned Chass is definitely worth a look in your leagues. He's a guy who's held fantasy value multiple times before in other years. It's nothing new. Um, if he could start getting some power play time too, it would go great alongside that 1756 he put up last night. Yeah, I, I don't love him as much. Yeah. Like I, I think he's good and he's, he's like, serviceable. Whatever. But yeah, I'm not dropping someone that you know we liked before the yeah. season and maybe had a rough game or two. To it's like to a deep league grab. Uh, yeah, just because we've seen him get minutes before and he's had trouble kind of pushing over that hump, right? Like he's it's not like he was playing 13 minutes last year. He played 16 minutes and 11 seconds, 40 points in 78 games. Just doesn't shoot a ton. So yeah, like I, I like him. I think he's a really good player. But I, he's I think he's one of those guys that's just more effective at 5v5 and you know a better actual hockey player than than a fantasy player. He's but, flashy. Yeah, and and in a good spot right now, right? But uh, if yeah. he's not on that first power play, you know, like I said, I have a hard time imagining scary. he's going to be worth owning long term. But another guy that I think will be a regular streaming target this season. Good to see Spetch there with him. That uh, yeah, yeah, that's nice. So if that keeps up, you know, yeah, definitely someone to keep an eye on. But uh, yeah, I'm the same thing. Don't uh, don't go jumping the gun if you're in a in a not super yeah. Deep but league. he's the one guy that could move up, right? Like if he moves into Jarvis's spot, then that yeah, I like think that flips on its head a little bit. But yeah, he seems like he's just kind of locked into bouncing between the second and third lines and. Uh, doing a lot of damage, you know, like I said, for that team and, and driving the play and being an effective, even strength player, but just hasn't really transmitted into that great production. Yet. Luckily, but we like him. Like he's, you know, we were expecting him and hoping he'd take a step forward a couple of years ago. It just hasn't happened yet. So, and I think that he he was really the one guy that was going to plummet down the depth chart when they signed Max Pacioretty, and then Pacioretty's injury right. reopened the door for him to kind of climb back into fantasy relevance. So it's nice to see him get off to a good start after. Almost seemingly coming into the season as a bit of an afterthought for the Hurricanes. But uh, Arturi Lekkinen got off to a great start. Um, was one of our, our uh, top sleeper picks coming into the season, playing alongside McKinnon and Rantanen. He scored two goals with one assist in his opener. He had two goals on the power play. We talked about why we liked him playing on the top line and also seeing top power play usage while um, Landis Cog is out. So three, uh, sorry, three points, three shots on goal, played over 19 minutes. Obviously an outstanding start for him. By the time you guys hear this, they will have played another game in Calgary tonight. And who knows, he might even add to his totals. But uh, this is the guy that if if is still available in my league of probably all the people that we're going to talk about yeah. um, is, the, is the one that I would really make a, a, an effort to go get for sure. Uh, but Biebs, you're a resident Avalanche fan here. Um, you... Probably watched all 60 minutes, didn't miss a second of that yeah. game. I actually, I missed five. Uh, threw it on the radio app, though, on my phone. So, you know, we, we got the audio version. But, um, but yeah, no, Arteri Lekkinen, one thing that was really, um, really impressed about him last night is that a lot of people expect him kind of just be a, a plug-in on this line and kind of just follow. But he was actually kind of driving play for a little bit of it. Um, really good to see. And we've talked about, you know, how effective that line is there. Um, I think you mentioned it, probably my favorite waiver wire guy here. He was he was just plugged in front of that net between him and Nishushkin. Uh, it looks like they're going to have a little bit of an issue where they thought they would have maybe an issue that they didn't have the power play people. Now they have almost too many. <laughs> um, if Gabe Landis-Cog returns, we had someone ask us today, you know, who, who goes off? Well, I don't know. It's whoever, you know, whoever slows down but between the two of them um i think if you you can get your hands on either uh they make they make a great little pickup right now um and nishushkin had five shots on net too which is something that we like to see um between these two guys as if they're just going to be line plugins uh they're they're doing a lot after one game um to kind of keep keep their position there so like what you see early um obviously don't want to get too excited, but uh, I always pop off about Avalanche, and uh, they're giving me a reason to, so I, I don't see why not. Power play, top six minutes, why the hell not? Get them on your line. Yeah, I think we should also just make sure we are reminding people that they did play Chicago. Like, it's like oh, he's yeah. not going to go yeah. and have three points every single night or, or you know, get on the scoreboard eh. every single night, but um, we'll see how they perform against different competition tonight. Yeah, and I, I think 
you know, Landis Cog's obviously the big question mark here. Yeah. What happens when it's he like comes when? back? It's, I believe they said there's still no timetable, yeah. right? It doesn't so sound he's like he's ex- super far off. He's but. expected to start skating this week, right. but we're already to Thursday. I don't believe he's hit the ice yet. But then they said even once he does, there's not really. Yeah, they no had rush. their uh, they had their banner ceremony yesterday, and he came out with the cup. But then he was wearing full gear skating, and the whole time I'm like staring at him, like, "How's he look? How's he look? Is, is he all right? Is he all right?" Couldn't really tell. Skating looked fine, but uh, obviously he's not quite there. there but it's kind of funny. I think it was me and all the Az fans like, oh, he's dressed. He's good. But uh, he's good. <laughs> we're going to wait a bit longer for our captain to return. But uh, D's right. You know, that's going to make some big decisions. But until then, you know. Yeah. And I mean, Landis Cog spent 435 E5 minutes with McKinnon last year, 337 minutes without him. And that's where it trended towards the end of the season, right? He was playing with Kadri on that second line. So, but yeah, obviously they don't have, you know, as strong of a second pivot there this season. So it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. But yeah, good chance that Lekkonen holds down that spot. Um, and if he does and plays a full 82 games with McKinnon and Rantanen, um, yeah, like I think he could be just an absolute steal this season and easily maintain a point per game on that line. Because yeah, he's look any time he you know gets more usage, he's produced. His shot volume has gone up. Um, so yeah, what was not a big surprise to see him go off the other night the only question is like we said is it uh, is it going to continue once Landis Cog's healthy because I don't think that second line is going to be you know as strong of a source of fantasy value as it was last year I will I will admit even against Chicago they looked a little bit weaker than yeah I just you know they don't that, have a 90 point man yeah, that, center in the line that right? first so, line gets hot the yeah it, it gets a little bit more wishy-washy yeah there, and they're but, obviously yeah. still a very good team and there's a lot of you know good options on lines two through four but I do think that it's going to be you know a much greater difference this year um, once that once that team gets healthy, whether the, you know you're on that second or first line, which obviously, yeah. Um, so we were talking about how it's going to be some good vibes, bad vibes, and I think that's you know again, it's one game we don't want to go too crazy. Um, but we're talking about that second line and maybe some bad vibes with Alex Newhook out of the gate again. It was a game that was pretty maybe. much in hand most of the time, but he did play under 14 minutes. Um, it was a, th- a theme of what we saw him play a season ago, and. If he's going to truly take that next step and break out this season as their second line center, we're going to have to see more ice time uh, from him. But again, it's been one game. Let's wait to see where he's at next week after three, four, five games. Until then. I um, will say to that note, Evan Rodriguez looked pretty decent last night in his first game with the Avs. And that's someone who we kind of had as um, someone who could slot over into that middle slot, push new hook back. And if that does happen, just something to keep an eye on. Um, Personally, as a new hook owner in every league, I didn't love seeing that. But uh, but yeah, let's hope for more than 14 tonight. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Evan Rodriguez had uh, one shot on goal, two shot attempts. He played 13 minutes as well. Um, okay, some more bad vibes, some bad news. Uh, Patrick Laine on injured reserve, mm-hmm. expected to miss three to four weeks. So, elbow. Yes, it could be, I guess, worse, right? Um, like... He could be out three to four months. Um, just can't three complete to four a weeks year. Just you know, isn't the worst case scenario. It, who's going to replace him is a little bit more of a question mark, I suppose. Um, at practice today, it was Justin Danforth moved up. Kent Johnson stepped into the lineup for him on the third line. Um, in the game, they had Jake Voracek move up. They uh, Gus Nyquist saw some time there. Igor Sharon, uh, not Sharon Govich, Igor Chinikov saw some time there. So any number of these players could move up. For the meantime, it looks like it's going to be Danforth, which if that's the case, I'm not sure he receives a huge bump. To me, it could have been just a, uh, a matter of maybe they're just hoping for better news from line A and then they're like, oh, we'll just have him play there while we wait for line A. And then they're like, oh shit, line A's out four weeks and we'll have to really see what happens with the lines. But if it's Dan Forth, like he's certainly not somebody that I'm rushing to the waiver wire for. Like I'd rather go see if Seth Jarvis and Arturi Lekkanen are there first for sure. But uh, line A, he was one of your guys out three to four weeks, obviously a tough blow. Yeah. Suddenly, Brad Marchand's going to be back at the same time as him. right he's been waiting since last night right well imagine if you drafted brad marchand and then also drafted patrick line tough spot yeah that's That's why your ir spots are just marination exactly that's the that's why i try to avoid guys you know are going to get hurt because everyone obviously has some injury risk and you know guys are going to get hurt so 
Yeah. Anyway, um, I think Voracek's the only one that would even warrant like a spot start or streaming consideration if he moves up. You know, he had 56 assists last year, which is pretty funny to say. Um, but he only had, I think, was it eight goals or nine goals? Eight, six. I think. Six, six goals. even worse. So, uh, mm. yeah, he still shoots the puck a decent amount, but he hasn't shot over 10% since 2015. So um, he is who he is. So, you know, but maybe he can get some uh, himself some more shooting opportunities and throw in the odd goal here or there. But he's going to be like a really good bet to give you an assist on any given night if he's playing on that top line. So he'll be a, he'll be a worthy streaming target, but yeah, if it's Danforth, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not even worried about streaming, um, streaming him in that spot. So it, it is worth mentioning though, need um, someone with a little bit of individual upside as much <laughs> as, you know, we love Goudreau. Yeah, it is worth mentioning. Danforth also moved up to the top power play unit in line his absence yesterday. Good I mean, him. he had big numbers in not the KHL before, before coming back. <laughs> Um, to North America. So you never know. Um, but, you know, he has 14 points in 46 career games. Not somebody that you would expect to make an immediate impact. But if he is uh, lands a full-time spot with Johnny Gaudreau and he's on the top power play unit, it's a name worth flagging on your... on sure. your. I think more of a DFS punt play than... Certainly yeah. to begin, yes. Yeah. But, I mean, if it starts clicking, he's just somebody worth monitoring. He did have five you, shots. It's a name game. that you need to know. I like that. We'd be remiss to not tell you who's going to be on that line and on the top power play unit, but um, you should know his name. Moving on. Tyson <laughs> Berry, 69% owned. Just really quick. He was on the top power play unit to start the season. Bouchard. Not uh, Evan Bouchard. So if Tyson Berry is available on your waiver wire and you need a fourth defenseman or whatever the case may be, I think that Tyson Berry certainly makes a nice add at the moment. Um, and you can easily at this point drop him when Evan Bouchard takes that spot over, but he's still available (laughs) in 31% of leagues. Um, Adrian Kempe looked really solid again. Good vibes, bad vibes, bad vibes a little bit with Kevin Fiala. He did not, he looked a little bit invisible there in his first game. He only played 15 minutes. He only had two shots on goal, not Kevin Fiala type numbers. Adrian Kempe, um, 17, almost 18 minutes. He had three shots on goal, scored a goal, picked up exactly where he left off a season ago. Adrian Kempe, 74%. Not going to freak out about Fiala just yet. They got another game tonight. He could easily go out and put up a hattie tonight. But Kempe still widely available, 26% of leagues. So maybe not widely available, but still available in 26% of leagues. And Enough, yeah. Somebody that scored 35 goals last year and I think certainly has 30 in him again. I think he's just like a, a poor man's Chris Kreider and he's going or he went like 13 rounds after him. Right. Yes. But yeah, no, I think his goal scoring is going to be really reliable. Um, but he doesn't seem to be obviously, you know, a big playmaker. He's never been a big assist guy. Um, and there's not obviously an influx of talent on that line. Now, uh, you know, if he's playing with Fiala, it's nice, but it's obviously another pass first guy. So there's no goal scorer there that you just think, uh, you know, is going to help drive his assist totals up. So He's always going to be that kind of shoot first, goal first guy. But for someone that, you know, you picked up to add to the bottom of your roster, uh, really nice to see that early return. And yeah, like I said, I think he's going to be a really safe and cheap source of goals all season long. Nothing, n- nothing to add. I mean, all right. Yeah. Kempe's got his time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nick Suzuki, 63% owned. Pretty surprising to see how low in his own percentage is. Yeah, Very bonkers. nice start to the season. Uh, Cole Caulfield continued his hot stretch since Martin St. Louis uh, has been hired. Suzuki, two assists, three shots on goal, played over 21 and a half minutes in the game. Uh, so yeah, 63%. The only thing really holding him back from fantasy prominence is the fact that he is a strict center. But if you are lacking a little bit down the middle, I think he's somebody that should be added to the bottom of your roster. Um, Vincent Trocek, 64% owned, is in a very similar boat. Trocek looked quite solid in his debut with the Rangers played over 22 minutes. Um, tonight, he's got an assist. They're both around the exact same ownership. Um, Biebs, we'll start with you. If you had one spot for Suzuki or Trocek as your number three or number four center, which one would you be picking up? Wow, this is tough. I wish I didn't have to start so that I could steal some points off of you guys, if we're being completely honest here. Three under the bus. Yeah, I, I, I am the proud owner of both in a league, so I can't even use that to go against it, which one I own and which one I don't. I think, personally, um, Vincent Trocek's my guy for this one. Just a little bit safer. Um, per, that's why I like Suzuki as a player a lot more. I think Suzuki looked incredible last night. Uh, his puck control in the power play. Lights out. Thing is, I just don't think Cole Caulfield's going to score two goals tonight. I think Montreal's going to struggle this year. Um, even if Suzuki does really take that next step forward, I got him as a 70-point guy. 
um, after I believe it was 62 last year. Vincent Trocek, though, he's a guy where put up 74 before in the past. Um, after kind of seeing what he's doing tonight on the power play, I do like him. But again, this is someone who can move back in the lineup a little bit. Um, if things were to happen where I don't think Suzuki really is going to move around that Montreal lineup. So that's where it's really hard. At the moment, I'll take Trocek, I guess, long-term. Give me Suzuki. All right. A little, they both little work really around good. so you can take both of them. I see what you did there. <laughs> D, what are you doing? Um, I think I'll... Oh. Right? I'll go Trocek. I'll go Trocek. Yeah. I, it, you wanted the fact the guy that's playing on the first line, but I think Trocek's going to see. I mean, it seems like it anyway. He could see just as many minutes playing on a second, so-called second line yep. with Artemi Panarin on the top power play. He, you know, we saw the shot volume we want to see in that first game. Looks good so far tonight. Picked up an assist. So, um, yeah, I, I think he is who I would go. But e- either one's fine for me. Really, the the real tiebreaker is is the plus minus. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's it's not a. A huge factor in weekly leagues, like I talked about, uh, but in, in roto leagues, it definitely is going to swing it, swing this in Trojak's favor. Yeah, he, he could end up finishing the season plus thirty if Suzuki could finish minus thirty. Right, like, right. Uh-huh. And like I said, that that kind of difference isn't going to you know usually swing your weekly matchup. So that's why you know in weekly head to head leagues, you can kind of just ignore plus minus um, and focus on what you're getting on, across the other categories. But yeah, roto leagues like that, that's really going to hurt you and make a big difference. Yeah. I was high on Trocek coming in. So I obviously have to stick with Trocek here, but, uh, Suzuki looks very solid early on. Uh, Nino Niederreiter. Oh boy. So we talked about Nino as a streaming option. Thank you. D, um, very nice start to the season for our boy Nino. He scored two goals the first game, added a goal in the second game, gave him three goals to lead the NHL currently. Uh, Three goals on three shots. He is shooting 100% and is only playing 14 and a half minutes through two games. Usage is the exact same as we've seen in Carolina. He's only got three shots in two games. I'm not rushing to add Nino. No, I actually dropped I, him after spot starting in the beginning. <laughs> that makes sense. Three goals so whoever's days. looking at... That was like me. I, I spot started Luke Cunning, and he had a very nice start too. But then like once the weekend yeah. was over and hockey was going to be played in North America again, I was just like, oh, nah, no one's keeping they're Luke off. On the Actually, the Preds are playing tonight. Yep. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're right back at it. Back to back, I think. I think yeah. they play Dallas and Kedwell. Uh, they're they're Saturday. 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 Kedwell's so funny. Yeah, that's so brutal. <laughs> in Nashville too, so they're finally getting that home game. And what's San Jose doing? They are... They play tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, they have the back to back tomorrow on saturday yeah. wow and welcome uh, back yeah thanks back for being it. the ambassadors of our league Here i think it's go. Gonna, be, gonna be funny whoever's playing d in their matchups gonna go look at uh at the at the box score and be like how's the guy with three points just available on free agent or three goals available on free agent wire but uh <laughs> that's nino enough to get us excited uh just in time so that we can uh you know not suggest picking him up but uh but yeah no but we streamed him last week so it was a great stream when there was two teams playing absolutely um all right because there wasn't many Let's talk about the Seattle Kraken. We talked about it a little bit at the top. Very, very productive evening. Um, 48 shots on goal. It was not your grandfather's Seattle Kraken nice. from one year ago, yeah. who were arguably the most boring team in the NHL to watch. Uh, they were all over the ice. They were buzzing. And Matty Berniers looked great. Oliver Bjorkstrand looked great. Andre Burkowski looked great. There's a lot to like here. The Burkowski, Berniers, Jared McCann line um, had a 71.4 expected goals for share. They were electric. Even the Yanni Gord, Eberle, Tanev line absolutely dominated. The Wenberg, Jaden Schwartz, Bjorkstrand line. um, Very, very productive. It was just a a lot of good signs. If you picked up any uh, Kraken in the draft and were worried, I I don't, you know, it's been one game, but it, it was a nice... Way to put your mind at ease a little bit. Matty Berniers, what did he play? Over 20 minutes? and uh, Just under. Just under 20 minutes. 1955. So. He's available in 52% of leagues. Come he had on. four shots on goal. He had a goal and an assist. Berniers is, is somebody that I would be very interested in. I would even um, argue he could be in that conversation for Suzuki and Trocek as well. You would, you'd have to conclude him in that. Uh, conversation. Bjorkstrand, what did he have? Seven shots on goal. Yep. Burkowski had four or five, and he absolutely snipped on the power play. During the Kraken broadcast, they said that they talked to one of the, uh, I can't remember if it was the coach, a coaching member of the Avalanche. I believe it was a coaching staff member of the Avalanche. And they asked, who had the best shot on the team? 
like in Colorado last year. And like, you know, you got McKinnon, you got McCarr, he's, oh, it's Andre Burkowski, and it's not even close. And he absolutely playoffs, snipped last night. So good signs there. I got some shares in Burkowski in some of my leagues. Um, Dee so and I, I were actually in a league, uh, a keeper league, where someone on accident took Burkowski fourth overall. Ouch. Um, and it was it was, uh, it was was absolutely hilarious because the draft just kept going because whoever was at five tried to slip dry settle in there. Um, so we had to go back. And, I can do uh, one better. I had a draft where um, it was 32 teams. 10 rounds, <laughs> and a man accidentally took the Islanders, Sebastian Ajo, in the second guy. round and had no clue. Everyone was dying. Like, oh my God, the other Sebastian Ajo. And he was just like, question mark, question mark, question mark. Like, just didn't even know what he'd done. That's, Needless to say, he is currently in last place. Yeah, it's not, not a hot start. Thought he had himself a steal. Yeah, he's like, oh my God, 56 overall, Sebastian Ajo. <laughs> um the funny thing is, in that draft, Sebastian Ajo went way too early. He went like sixth overall, so th- mm. that's probably why he didn't know he was gone because he went so early he wasn't even paying attention that for Sebastian Ajo's name game. to come off the. Uh, yeah, he's playing the long game here. Um, but okay, anything to add on the crack in here? Berniers forty eight percent, Bjorkstrand twenty five percent, Burkowski thirty four percent. No, I think they're all interesting options right now. Berniers especially, like that's an unknown ceiling, right? He's a top prospect, got the draft pedigree and the draft capital that you want out of a guy like that. So yeah, like he's a guy that just has to be owned right now. Cause it looks like he's going to get a real chance to just be the number one center on this team. And like I said, just total unknown. He could just absolutely, you know, uh, be a fantasy league winner this year, yep. or he could, you know, settle somewhere in between like a 40, 50 point pace. We really don't know. So uh, yeah, when someone with that, like I said, that kind of prospect pedigree and that draft capital gets this opportunity, like you got to make room for him on your roster. Cause um, yeah, like I said, it's sky. We say this a lot, but sky's the limit. You have no idea Certainly what the ceiling is. is. I absolutely hate rookies in redraft leagues. Um, I kind of did an article on it earlier this year before, just kind of saying stay away. But if there's one rookie that I feel completely different about, I think we got him right here. Usually the reason I feel this way is that you don't get the high-end minutes as a first-year player. Right. We're watching Baneers get thrown right into the fire, and he's excelling. Um, I believe that it's it's only been our Artemi Panarin who's passed 70 points in the last 13 years as a rookie. I could see Baneers passing that this year. It's uh, I, I'm kind of blown away by how much he's owned there. I think people got to start jumping on this. I love a good. I, I think he'd be more on just strictly off of keeper leagues, but um, you know, I love a good ceiling, and and I, I think this guy's a skyscraper. So, uh, Matty Beniers, I if I could get him on any roster in any league, I have him in every single one of my be, leagues. Yeah, that, I'm very yeah. excited about it. I also put a future on him when he was like fourth in the Calder odds to win the Calder. So I'm feeling very excited about Matty Beniers this season. But yeah, he just I also got in on that. He's yeah, he did. That's right. He. Uh, his ceiling is just unknown, which is the, the most exciting thing about it. Yeah. And usually rookies, you know, we've talked about it, 15 minutes a night, 14 minutes a night, protected minutes. We're seeing 19, 15. He was the only one that was coming into the season where you knew he was locked into just an incredible role, and we saw it right off the jump. Uh, somebody whose ceiling we do kind of know about is Matt Murray's, and we saw his floor um, in his Maple Leafs debut. D, you seem to think that he wasn't horrible, so you're a little bit more optimistic, but... Wasn't uh, it wasn't a great start for a man in Toronto where they just seemingly eat goalies alive and Twitter was ablaze instantly. But you think that there is some hope? Well, I don't know. I just didn't expect them to be stealing games for them, and, and maybe that's what people kind of thought he might do. There was, I think, Caulfield's second goal he definitely could have had, but I didn't have him at fault on any of the other three. So um, yeah, I thought it was kind of this is what happens when the Leafs you know have to press or and they don't you know, it doesn't work out. And then you get the odd man rushes coming back the other way. So I, it, it wasn't great. Like he didn't, like we said, he didn't steal the game, which is obviously what you would have wanted. If you're a Murray owner, you want to see him just kind of step in and, and take over, you know, take over the job. Cause it's very much up in the air. It's going to be the hot hand. And he definitely wasn't that, but you know, I mean, Sansonov hasn't looked great so far tonight either. Um, so I, there's still plenty of opportunity here, but yeah, it obviously wasn't a fantastic start and the stat line looks pretty brutal. Yeah. Not the not the prettiest stat line early on. Somebody who did have a nice stat line though is one of my favorites, Andre Kuzmenko, preseason favorite of mine. Scored a goal, had four shots, played just under eighteen minutes a night. You'd love to see it. Yeah, hot start. Um, he looked good. I mean, that line looked good. Pedersen looked really good. Um, Vancouver looked great in the first half of the game, and then they had that game in under control, and then it all kind of fell by the wayside. But Early on, four shots, six shot attempts, almost 18 minutes a night, scoring a goal, 
it's an, it's a really really solid early return on uh, on anybody who made an investment in Kuzmenko. Yeah, I mean they weren't seeing a lot of dry saddle McDavid, but they did dominate at even strike. They had an eighty six percent shot attempt percentage. So uh, yeah, really good first game. Obviously, we're talking about one game, but that's exactly what you want to see at a guy coming over that you know we thought could really do some damage if he's going to get the minutes. He's getting the minutes. He's getting the opportunity, um, and he had a, himself a very nice game. Like you said, four shots, six shot attempts is just as exciting. Um, that's you know it just. If he can obviously get anywhere near those totals on a consistent basis, he'll be a, a really reliable fantasy asset this year. And, uh, you know, another guy whose ceiling is a, a little bit of an unknown. We talked about how his numbers last year were similar to Kaprizov's number his final year um, in the case. So, you know, we don't want to obviously, we're not saying this guy is the next Kirill Kaprizov. Uh, he's a little bit older than Cap was when he came over. But, um, yeah, still a guy that, like we said, looked like he'd be able to produce if given the opportunity, and he got the opportunity in the first game. The one thing that was really interesting is that we talked about how um, like he was probably going to just take over for Brock Bester on the top power play unit, and then Bester came back, and they kept Kuzmenko on the top power play yeah. unit and bumped Bester to the second unit. So the coaching staff there obviously likes what he can provide offensively. And they've, I think, been looking to all those minutes somewhere else. They've been taking it away from Besser year over year the last few years, right? They're looking to get some more production elsewhere. For sure. Love the start for Kuzmenko. Anything to add? No. I mean, I could have scored that goal that he scored. Yes. It was a, it was a tap very, in on top nice of the goalie, pass. but... um. No, I mean you guys. Got would it. you have been in that position though, Pete? Oh, buddy, I would have been wide not. open. Oh, yeah, I would have been. I'm cro- a staple in front of that net. I would have been cross checked in the back, laying yeah. on the ice. It would have had to go in. That off was a my perfect f- vultures goal, a poacher's finish. Uh, just big old Russian sitting in the net. Yeah, it would have had to go right off my face. He and found in. the found the weak spot. Love to see it. Yep. I hope he keeps doing it. Got a nose for the net, as yes. they say. The last couple teams here: the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, Phil Kessel. 21%. I talked about him a lot towards the end of the draft season. Riley Smith, 16%. Both on Jack Eichel's, uh, both on Jack Eichel's wing, and Jack Eichel looked incredible in the first game of the season. He was buzzing. He had, I think, seven shots, nine shot attempts. Uh, Kessel looked solid. I think Riley Smith had four shots on goal. Kessel had five shot attempts, three shots on goal. He only played 14 minutes tonight, so I'm a little bit more concerned about Kessel um, than I am Riley Smith. Riley Smith looks like a nice pickup at 16% own. Uh, six shots on goal, eight shot attempts, played over 16 minutes, picked up an assist. If he's going to be playing the whole season with Jack Eichel, he's also on the top power play unit. Um, I'll give me some Riley Smith. I still have. I still feel good about uh, Phil Kessel. Too. Yeah, I... I... <laughs> I want to keep Riley Smith's ownership percenters down so I can keep streaming him this year because that was a nice start to the season as well. Um, but yeah, I, I obviously, you know, that's the best spot for him to be in. Having said that, like his career year was 60 points in 67 games, just 22 goals and 38 assists. And that was playing with Carlson in March. So in the first year in Vegas. Um, so yeah, like it doesn't, you know, I just wanted to, I guess, temper the expectations because I don't think there's a ton of upside there, but he could certainly be mm-hmm. a really reliable source of assists. But yeah, it just doesn't, normally have the shot volume so that was the one thing that was just crazy to see like six shots on goal um insane for a guy who's you know career high in shots is 178 over a full uh season so yeah certainly uh, off to a much better start in that regard and if that's something that continues then you know maybe there's uh perhaps some unlocked potential here but uh, i kind of think it was more of just a one-off uh, anomaly but we'll see certainly not a great streaming schedule next week tuesday yeah. thursday saturday Tough. they got the flames the jets and the abs uh, the Ew. other thing, too, that we're not really going to do any streaming targets today because there's just not even a game on Sunday. Yeah. Well, we could talk. I, I looked at a couple that were playing Friday because that, that is the only way that you're going to get extra games into your lineup for uh, uh, for this weekend. Before we go there, I just want to mention the last guy we were going to talk about here for good vibes is Anthony Mantha. Uh, obviously had a high ceiling, somebody we were talk- very high on years ago. Uh, injuries have kind of derailed. Uh, a very promising start to his career. Six shots on goal and scored a goal in the in his season debut. Nothing uh, so far tonight, I don't think. But no. um, playing online with Dylan Strom and Protoss, they looked solid in game one. I've, they've been pretty noticeable here from what I've seen in game two. So uh, Manth at 20% on, I think, is somebody worth monitoring as well. Again, we're not telling you. Andre Provenos? Yes, he is. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. Sorry, go ahead. I was a Red Wings fan. They talked about it like every other game pretty sure, much. Sure. Um, but and they, they will all year. Yeah, limited things. 
they uh, they do have a game on Monday, Thursday, and Saturday next week. So um, potentially a decent streaming target, you know, for the first day of the, the week. And then if you want to cut bait with them later, then is. But honestly, next week looks weird. It looks like there's just kind of a lot of games every day. So. Yeah, it's gonna I think take a couple of weeks for them to kind of the settle in to hit a stride yeah. in the normal Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Uh, and then you know we'll be targeting the guys playing Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday soon enough. Who uh, who are you looking at this? Yeah, it's Friday? all it's all Friday, like you said. Because uh, why I isn't mean, there a game on Sunday? Do we? I know? don't know. Is it just like the NFL, like football, NFL and MLB playoffs? Yeah, going, I would think that battle? maybe they don't want to go. But I mean, I doubt that. we go a full first month of the season without a Sunday game. So no. yeah, I don't really get it. But there are no games, um, and I think take it. there's what three or four teams. Four I'm, games tomorrow. Four teams that aren't in action uh, on Saturday. So, you know, we're not going to talk about anyone that's playing on Saturday in any matchups because you're almost certainly going to have a full fantasy lineup. Um, So we're literally just looking at Friday. Uh, Hopefully you have some extra acquisitions to burn. Um, But yeah, we're just looking to get that one extra game in uh, today with as you're listening to this on Friday. So um, Cole Perfetti, 18% owned. Uh, Winnipeg has Mm -hmm. not played a game yet. Nope. Uh, they get to play the Rangers, but it is on the tail end of a back-to-back. They'll see Yaroslav Halak for sure. Yeah, so that should be really nice. Um, you know, still a very good team, but if you're going to play the Rangers, you definitely want to get the backup on the tail end of a back-to-back. Uh, should start the season on the second line with Wheeler and Ehlers? No, uh, Dubois. Dubois, thank you. Um, so yeah, that's uh, one of the better uh, options out there just for the Friday games. 18% owned Perfetti. Uh, another guy we already, already talked about today, Martin HS. Uh, 14% owned, uh, you know, I said, I'm not in love with him as a season long, uh, asset, but certainly, you know, when the streaming schedule lines up someone I'd be interested in. So that certainly rings true here. They got the sharks tomorrow, uh, who, as we said, played two games in Europe and had that br- brutal travel schedule coming back. Um, so they got their first game in North America tomorrow against the hurricanes, pretty brutal matchup for them. So Nate uh, nice option there at 14% owned center, right wing eligibility, uh, whoever's playing with Jenner and Goudreau, we mentioned it. Uh, they have, I believe... Uh, it's Tampa, so it's not a great st- uh, spot at all, which is why they are further down this list. But yeah, if it's Voracek, he's certainly someone I'm interested there. Uh, I think in really, really deep leagues, I guess Danforth is worth a dart throw if he is going to be playing on that line. Because like we said, he did have five shots in that first game. Uh, so deeper leagues, he is an option. He is, guess his own percentage? Danforth, zero. Zero, yeah, correct. The, just to... <laughs> just to um, so he's available. Pointed out though, the, the Lightning do have a back-to-back Friday, Saturday. Vasilevsky yeah. started the first game of the season. There is potential that it could be Brian Elliott tomorrow and and Vasilevsky in Pittsburgh on Saturday. Bit of a more difficult matchup. So if it is Brian Elliott, you would certainly catch a break there. So yeah, yeah. Like I said, I, I'd rather you know target the matchups and go after Perfetti or Nhs, but uh, Voracek or if you can fit a couple spots in there, Voracek would be a good option. Like I said, Danforth probably just for deeper leagues. Well, and you know for sure exactly. that Halak is starting tomorrow, and Brian Elliott would just be a gamble exactly. at that point. But and then obviously if Danforth isn't on that top line, just forget I ever said his name. Yes. Um, and then Josh Anderson, the only other one I want to mention, uh, didn't play a ton of minutes, but he is that third line mate for Suzuki and Caulfield. We talked about how well. They they played the other night. You don't uh, want to mention any of the Red Wings? I don't. I, I would like to, but who are we going to talk about? Andrew Cop. The all the rest of them are owned. Braun yeah. is sixty one percent. Perone's over seventy. Elmer Soderblom. He's six foot eight, two hundred forty eight pounds. Okay, on the third line because <laughs> he's huge. Third line, second power play. I was just messing. I just wanted there to admit, say that he's six foot eight, two hundred forty eight pounds. You can definitely say he's that. a monster. Yeah, I guess if you want to go with Andrew Cop playing on the second line with uh, Veron and Perone, all the power to you. But uh, yeah, for unfortunately, um, they're just a little bit too top heavy this year. And thought? really no uh, no good streaming options Same as that would be last widely available. But yeah, obviously, if any of those guys are available in the 60 to 70% range, uh, Perone, uh, who, who else did we say? Verona, um, I, I think Dubois somewhere in that range on Winnipeg. So all these guys would obviously you know come first. We're just looking at what would be more widely available guys. Uh, so yeah, Josh Anderson, 6% owned. Should be playing on that top line. They have. Unfortunately for him, uh, they will not be playing... The Toronto Maple Leafs. They won't, seems but they will be dark. playing your Detroit Red Wings. So yeah. decent matchup, if you ask me. Yeah, but Josh Anderson seemingly only scores against Toronto. It's true. Like he it's, is a, it's crazy. He is a Leaf killer. But that's all we got. Like I said, it's all about what you can fit into your lineup on Friday. They're really no bad options if if you have the roster spot. But those are kind of the spots I would look first. 
Um, but yeah, if any of these other higher owned guys that are playing on Friday, getting, you know, top six minutes on the power play, certainly they'd be worth a look as well. But Perfetti and HS, whoever's playing with Jenner and Goudreau, Josh Anderson, those are my streaming targets for the weekend. We'll see how it plays out. That was D streaming targets. All right. That's going to do it for season eight, episode eight of the DFO fantasy podcast. We'll be back next week. Hopefully, um, got a lot more to talk about some more concrete stuff. Hopefully are we back Monday? We could be, yes. We're planning this year to do multiple episodes a week. Um, me and Biebs with uh, some guests and stuff on shorter episodes on Monday and Wednesday. And then the three of us, you got the trio uh, with a full-length we'll podcast juicy stuff. on Fridays. Um, and then you will be sure to get these weekend streamers uh, on Friday episodes. So uh, the plan is to have shorter episodes coming out Monday, Wednesday, just to kind of ha- cover the full scope of the league throughout the uh, the week, have some guests just to, to do some deeper dives and stuff like that. So uh, hopefully we can get that kicked off this Monday. If not, we'll see you guys back here next Friday. Let's bring it. Peace. History at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.